the podcast hall monitor said I only had less than 30 seconds for a good opening, so, um, here it is, I guess. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Dying for Midnight. I am Case. And this is Carrie. And this is our comfy horror movie review of episode 15, or as we like to call Carrie, Mud, Mud. Does Wonders. <laughs> Mud, Mud in my pants. <laughs> Mud does wonders. It's Mud. Oh, I got that corn song <laughs> stuck in my head. Guys, we are talking about the original 1987 Predator starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, we're going to dive right in. And as I always say, almost every episode, try to keep this lean and mean, and then brrr, 90 minutes later, it never happens. So, Carrie, the poster for Predator. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go forward, we need to acknowledge it's Whiskey Wednesday. It is Whiskey Wednesday down here in the DFM vault. I'm going to let you pour the whiskey this time and carrie tell the dear listeners what type of whiskey that we're going to be drinking tonight because i got this for you you've been talking about it yes we've had some special editions and reserves and whatever but this is like a classic isla smoky peated whiskey yes. what do we got on hand here i got it for you for mother's day lafroig 10 lafroig 10 we like it smoky. Yes, we do. Or it tastes like bacon and bonfires and butterscotch. <laughs> Add in the funk of the cork opening for your listening pleasure, folks. Um, don't be stingy with that either, because I'm in the mood Ooh. for whiskey, that is. Um, look at her measuring this, too. Okay. I feel like you need to give me even a little more yet. I feel like that's a weak pour. I mean, great pour, honey. Please give me more. <laughs> okay. Wow. You officially, it's been a while, folks, but you spilled some. You spilled some whiskey. Carrie, Damn it. thank you for the pour, but we need to get going on the Schwarzenegger Predator. This poster, Carrie, whenever I used to browse Eagle Video back in Western PA, back in the day around the late 80s, early 90s. It wasn't just straight up horror that would catch my eye. You know me, action movies would catch my eye and sci-fi movies would catch my eye. This one, Predator, along with things like The Terminator or Alien or Aliens would also catch my eye. Missing in action would catch my eye. The Rambo VHS art cover um that would catch my eye um did i say missing in action you did you did well missing in action two caught my eye missing in action three uh-uh, that never caught my eye i don't like missing in action three we're gonna pretend it doesn't exist this is a classic poster you've got the the colorfulness of what looks to be like a interpretation of the predator's infrared yeah um but also the explosion and of course you've got chiseled arnold with the camo and the uh the machine gun with the grenade launcher attached to it and i probably saw this back when we were renting videos too oh, way back when yeah. my, oh. my dad when it was my dad's choice and his pick he always chose some kind of action hero movie if it wasn't charles bronson or clint eastwood 
I guarantee you that you guys watch this at some point. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the taglines now. Uh, any thoughts on the poster carry before we move on? Cause I kind of dominated that little section. You did. I mean, it, it's classic Schwarzenegger. I mean, wait, this, this just screams I'm an action hero and I'm going to survive whether or not everybody else does to be determined. Okay, so now that we've all said all that, guys, stick around. <laughs> and <laughs> did you get that, Carrie? Um, yes. Yeah. Wah, wah. We'll eventually talk about a favorite dialogue and quotes. That's not one of them of ours, though, even though that was clever. Um, right on the original poster, it says, Predator, soon the hunt will begin. I can hear the trailer voiceover dun, guy dun, saying that. Dun. <laughs> Who's hunting who? That's right. There's two separate hunts going on, and the hunters do not know that they're also being hunted. Technically, there's three. Because um, the whole backstory where they find the original group. Yes. Other taglines, which also some of these are quotes as well from the movie, dialogue from the movie. Oh, yeah. If it bleeds, we can kill it. That's a good one. Um I love these oversimplified taglines that have, it sounds like somebody in the marketing department just threw something out there or, or even worse yet, an executive <laughs> came out and said, nothing like it has ever, nothing like it has ever been on earth before. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. It came for the thrill of the hunt. It picked the wrong man to hunt. And while that sounds cool to me, Carrie, that's not giving Dutch's team a lot of credit. No, it's not because they work together as a team. It picked the wrong. Okay, I get it. He's the last man standing. I, I, I got it. Okay. Not really. He's not the last man, technically. Okay, he's our hero at the end when everybody else is dead. I think he was just not next everybody. in line. Okay, the woman, you mean? And then the other guy made it too that got okay. hurt. Listen, nothing like Predator, nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. It came from another planet for the thrill of the hunt. It picked the wrong man. They love that it picked the wrong man. Okay. And this is also an ode to the trailer voiceover guy in a part of the world where there are no rules. Deep in the jungle, I'm going to go to his voice, where nothing that lives is safe. An elite rescue squad is being led by the ultimate warrior. But now they're up against the ultimate enemy. Here you go again. Nothing like it has ever been on earth before. <laughs> it kills for pleasure. It hunts for sport. But this time it picked the wrong man to hunt. Did you like my voiceover? Very, very well done. Now it's time for whiskey. You read the last two. My voice hurts after that. We cannot see it, but it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. What exactly? Ooh. Where is this heat Where's emanating the heat from? Of the fear? Where's the heat emanating from? I guess what? But it's in the jungle. The heat is emanating from, from below the belt. There's a there's some kind of national lampoon take on the predator tagline, or in the Mad Magazine. Oh it's heat, it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear in the heat of the night <laughs> the heat below the belt what's the last one carrie mm. sorry this is like clubber clubber lang reads the last one <laughs> in this movie arnold will experience every meaning of the word pain 
it just at least they used his name instead yeah. of the wrong man. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. Out of all those, my favorite, honestly, um, has just got to be the one on the poster. All these other ones seem really long-winded to me. Except for if it bleeds, we can kill it. But yeah. That, that's, that's pretty... But again, that feels like somebody just took dialogue from the movie and used it. But sometimes... That's like how... They should have said, get to the chopper. That's like... I'm glad that Kenny Loggins and Top Gun didn't decide to use the words Top Gun in a song. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt <laughs> to sing an alternate Kenny Loggins Top nope. Gun song. Um, guys, moving right along to physical media. Okay, right now you can get the full screen edition DVD. I think this is cheap for twelve seventy seven, but it costs more than the Blu-ray right now, Carrie. Really? You can get the Blu-ray for nine ninety nine. Wow. Now the four K is fifteen ninety eight, which makes sense. Yeah. They have a three D Blu-ray. No. Which would be interesting. Carrie's like automatically no. Get that fucking thing out of here. I think it's scary. It's the real D3D. I think. Don't quote me on that because the Blu-rays that, use it that, with for depth. And remember, we kind of with Scream Six, we found that kind of useless. It like was. it was like, man, it's not worth the extra money. Yeah. Our opinion, folks, that's all. Well, it's worth and, two cents. And if it is the other kind of 3D, forget it. I get sick. So, in our earlier episodes of the season, guys, you know that at some point between college and the time we got married and moved into the house that we're in now, I had a Pretty nice DVD collection. I knew people that had more than I did, but I had a good one going. And I had, and it wasn't just horror, but the biggest portion of it was horror. It wasn't just you, though. Yeah. But I made the mistake. We had kids, and I got frustrated with all the space their stuff was taking up, and I got rid of the boxes. I told you. Put them all in an album, like a nut job. So now I've got the remorse, and now I'm starting to look at the DVD cabinets starting to look at them again i gotta build this sucker back up again you know what i should have done i should have taken them and put them in a bin and save them for later when you change your mind you know me i get on those throw I know away, you do throw it get this out of my space get this out of my face you probably would have thrown the bin away get though these boxes out of my place <laughs> i just rhymed <laughs> um but now what my problem is now carrie is that the physical media and what is available has progressed and has provided. Now we provide horror fans with so much like those synapse films or the criterion collection, yeah. like the three disc steel book with this beautiful artwork that belongs like on a canvas and like limited edition three disc steel book can be yours for $50. It's like, I, I, I can't spend $50. I'm per still, movie. I'm still pissed about somebody taking my shag DVD. I think we know who has oh, or yeah. had your shag DVD. Oh, yeah. She conveniently disappeared. She and the person, the na- their tried- name ri- rhymes with blister. <laughs> rhymes with blister. Your sister. <laughs> no, not my actual sister. Your sorority sister. Yes. Yeah. Hey, big. Um... But anyways, back to the physical media, you guys. Predator Limited Edition 4K Ultra HD Steelbook for between $25 to $30, bucks, which I don't think that's a bad price for what you're say. getting for a steelbook. I was going to say, that's not bad. The, I looked at the Living Dead at Manchester Morgue Steelbook from Oh, that's got to be 50 plus. 56, but they only made 6,000 of them, though. Someday I'm going to get my hands on a couple really good Synapse collections. Um, 
or steelbooks, I mean, streaming. Guys, you can find this thing on Amazon or Hulu subscription. You don't have to pay anything extra for Predator right now if you've got those two things. It's also on Vudu, Apple, or YouTube. We're going to move right along, Carrie, to soundtrack. Okay, the motion picture score to Predator um, in 1987 was composed by none other than Alan Silvestri. Uh, completely orchestral score released in 2003. Um, Fox Music actually released the soundtrack as part of its limited release um, collection back then, about 20 years ago. Um, so in 2007, some of Silvestri, his themes, have been reused in the Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, um, which was composed by a Brian Tyler. So um, that makes sense. Yeah, it does, especially if you're trying to add some form of continuity into a, a kind of a struggling franchise at that point. Yeah. Okay. 2010, they tried to adapt his score and they released this limited edition remastered sound. Um, it had cues, which is always interesting. I like it when we've got cues. Um, in 2018, Sylvester's themes have been reused in the score of The Predator, okay, um, composed by Henry Jackman. So what I want to note, Carrie, from the score, um, we've got, of course, the popular song that's playing in the helicopter, um, but really that main title and ending music, that's the one that gets you ready for yeah, an action movie. It, it hooks you. It hooks you. I'm not going to get into all the names, um, but I wanted to note a little bit of history of Silvestri. Um, Silvestri has a lot of movies um, that he has scored. He scored. He met Zemeckis on Romancing the Stone. He scored the Back to the Future trilogy. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, Contact, which I know you love, Contact. love Contact. It's a very underrated. What is that? Um, Jodie Foster. Yeah, and Matthew McConaughey. Um, Castaway, Polar Express, Beowulf, which we both like Beowulf a lot. We did. That got mixed reviews, but mixed we both reviews, really enjoyed it. I, I remember we got that from Redbox, right? And <laughs> yeah. we were like, this is really entertaining. Um, I mean, Carrie, he composed the score for James Cameron's The Abyss, mm. which I know you love. I you love, love that a little more than me. Hey, Carrie. You should have some Sylvester albums. He scored The Mummy Returns. Okay, Van Helsing. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. I don't care about that so much. I don't much. even think he saw that one. He did some Marvel movies, okay? First Avenger, um, the Captain America movie, Infinity War, Endgame. Okay, so this guy's big now. Yeah. Um, he actually has two Academy Awards, but not for the ones that you think, like Forrest Gump, eh, okay? But Forrest and Gump's then, soundtrack was amazing. It was amazing. Okay, but uh, yeah, he had there was a list of tracks put together, but the score itself, okay. Um, and the Polar Express. Out of all those movies, where's his Academy Award for the Back to the Future music? What yeah. the hell? I mean, that's you. I don't care who you are. You know when that music plays for Back to the Future. You know that's Back to the dun, Future. Dun, dun. No wait, that's game. No wait, not Game <laughs> that's of Thrones. Game of that's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So, Carrie, 
This is all about Arnold. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about each one of these cast members, um, including a little bit about Jean-Claude Van Damme. And anybody who loves the Predator by now probably knows some of that backstory of what went down. There's still a lot of speculation. It's not really fully resolved to this day. Um, okay, we've got Carl Weathers as Dylan, you son of a bitch. Who uh, can't be trusted. I want to focus a little bit later on Kevin Peter Hall and you're like, I'm going to say who? I'm going to say that's the Predator. Okay. Hey. Sonny Landham is Billy Soul. Um, we've got... Uh, Elpedia Carrillo as Anna, the female. Shane Black as Hawkins. And by the way, the 2010s Predator movie that didn't do as well. Hawkins, he actually directed that movie to note that. Interesting. Bill Duke as Mac. I'll talk a little bit more about him later. Of course, we've got the sexual Tyrannosaurus, Jesse Ventura. Um, Wasn't he the Minnesota governor at one point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was pretty outspoken for a while there. Um, anytime you got a celebrity in politics, they're going to garner attention. Uh, we've got uh, Richard Chavez as Poncho. And we've got R.G. Armstrong. And that guy was in a lot of movies. This is General Phillips. Hello, General. Um, Carrie, what's your favorite Arnold movie not named Predator and not named She's going to say, don't you dare take Terminator because that's my favorite one, not named nope. Predator. Nope. What's your favorite one? It's actually a comedy. Twins. Twins. That's With your Danny favorite non-action. Yeah. Okay. Mine is actually Total Recall. That's a good one. I love Total Recall. I, I, I love that one too, but. The remake with Colin Farrell while I love Karen, Karen Farrell. Karen? <laughs> <laughs> Colin Farrell dressed up as a Karen. I'd like to speak to your manager. Um. Guys, you know now. Oh, now we got to do that skit. Oh, no, I don't. I'm not dressing up as Colin Farrell dressed up as Karen. Although this sounds like an awesome Halloween costume that nobody will understand. Directed by John, excuse me, McTiernan. Written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. Produced by Lawrence Gordon, Joel Silver. Joel Silver has a part to play in the whole Jean-Claude fiasco. John Davis. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. Cinematography, excellent cinematography that doesn't get talked about enough. Donald McAlpine, edited by uh, John Link, Mark Helfrich, music by, you know, Silvestri. Production companies, everybody sees that 20th Century Fox Yeah, coming on, okay. Um, came out around your birthday, Carrie. I know, I was just noticing that. Okay, you would have only been four years old. Yeah. Right? 107 minutes, that's a nice runtime for an action movie probably saw this within a year after it was released yeah oh i i saw this definitely by the time i was kindergarten age for sure um yeah it it was a hit i mean it it 15 i think 15 18 million budget made made almost 100 um again i'm not going to get into carl weathers okay we know carl weathers we know where he got a start he actually played for the the raiders was a football player. Yeah. We all know him as Apollo Creed. What's your favorite version of Apollo Creed? Which movie? <sighs> Don't say Rocky Five where he's dead already. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I really enjoyed, was it three where he trains? 
Yeah, so he joins Rocky to bring yeah. him out of retirement to, to yeah. get revenge against Clubber Lang. Yeah. My favorite one is two. And that's just, you know, I'm a part two sucker, so I'm a sucker for part two characters. I actually enjoyed, I think, part three probably more. Really? See, I love part two because Rocky is really, everybody's calling him a fluke and a phony, and they're calling Apollo Creed a, f- a fluke and a phony. And both of these guys are just like for different reasons. One is at the end of his career. The other one got his shot, but he's just, he's in a worse place even than he was in the first movie. I know. Because he had he's all got that money. Wife, now he's got a wife and kid to, and a house and, to worry about. And he's back to like, I mean, the dude can't even read in the movie. Anyways. Yeah. He took on the bad guy role, Carl Weathers, to bring Rocky out of retirement. He's like, hey, we need to settle this. You know, I'm getting goosebumps. There's one thing I want you to do for me, Rocky. What? When? When? What are we waiting for? Get going. <laughs> I don't think he says get going. Get moving or something. I don't know. It was something like that. I think he said, let's groove tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'm not going to get into Jesse Ventura either. We know their careers. Um, I want to talk about our director and a couple of the other okay. guys for a moment. So... Carrie, director John McTiernan. Okay, this guy, Carrie, before that, Nomads with Pierce Brosnan. He liked working with Pierce Brosnan. I love Pierce Brosnan. Okay, after Predator, dude, you could retire right after you made Predator and Die Hard. You could say, like, I'm the dude who directed Predator and Die Hard. And you'd be like, cool, that's an awesome career. You're done. No, but after that, he does The Hunt for Red October. Oh. So you're the director, Mr. McTiernan, who did Predator, Die Hard, and The Hunt for Red October. All and The Last a, Action all Hero? All of three. Yeah, I'm getting there. Medicine Man, Last Action Hero, <gasps> Die Hard with a Vengeance. Man. What? I love Medicine McTiernan, Man. McTiernan, why did you not want to come back for Die Hard 2? You did one and three. Thomas Crown Affair, he brought it back with Pierce Brosnan. 13th Warrior, not so much. Rollerball Director, and Basic. Okay. Um, he enjoys working with the guys who create the music for the James Bond franchise. Bill Conti, who actually did the Rocky music, as a matter of fact, um, he actually is one of these directors, Carrie, that will show an actor or actress speaking in a foreign language, but won't use subtitles, which I think is interesting. Not the entire length of the movie, but like there are moments in some of his films, like, um, Sean Connery says all those Russian lines in the hunt for red October, but he doesn't show the subtitles go with it. It actually has more impact. Um, this is a habit that he picked up because he, I, I guess he was a huge foreign film fan as a student. Um, he was JJ Abrams before JJ Abrams was JJ Abrams. He did the lens flare thing. I love JJ Abrams. You know me, I have a soft spot for JJ Abrams. Yeah, um, but even more, I want to spend even a little bit more time on Mr. Kevin Peter Hall, who at seven foot three played our predator, who was also Carrie, a born and bred Pittsburgh native. Ooh. Okay. Um, he also played Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. I cool. thought you would love to know that. I would, yeah. Um, he had a small role in Big Top Pee Wee. Um, he was the predator in Predator 2. Uh, and Carrie, he played Harry on the TV series as well for Harry and the nice. Hendersons. Um, while working, um, he met his co-star, um, Elena Reed Hall, who they ended up getting married. Um, 
He worked on Predator 2 in December of 90. And unfortunately, at the th- young age of 36, he died of AIDS at the uh, because he contracted it through a blood transfusion. Oh, no. Yeah. So rest in peace and major props to you, Kevin Peter Hall, because those are two 80s and 90s iconic characters. Yeah. Who can say that they played two characters like the juxtaposition of Predator and Harry from Harry and the Hendersons? Yeah. That right there, again, just those two things. You say, I put my stamp on Hollywood. I put my stamp on 80s culture. Yeah. I put my stamp on larger than life um, extraterrestrial or missing link lore in pop culture. Yeah. Um, Oh my God, it's probably, Harry and the Hendersons probably one of the reasons why we love that stuff. You will never look at Harry and the Hendersons in the same way again, because you're going to think Harry's going to turn on them and just self-destruct now that you know the guy's the predator now. (laughs) So yeah, rest in peace, Kevin Peter Hall. And and props again for being a fellow Pittsburgher too. Um, So Carrie, I'm going to talk about Bill Duke, okay, who plays Mac in this movie. Love him. Um, Carrie, this guy has had a huge career. In the 70s, he was on the shows like Kojak, Starsky and Hutch, Charlie's Angels. Oh my goodness. He was in the classic movie Car Wash. He was in Carpenter Starman. I love Starman. He was also in another Arnold movie that came out before Predator, Commando. Um, he was also, Carrie, in another movie that featured Carl Weathers. And again, not Rocky or Creed, but Action Jackson that starred Carl Weathers, one of the few moments that Carl Weathers had where he was the leading man. He was in movies like Menace to Society, Sister Act 2, okay? Um, Red Dragon, X-Men The Last Stand, um, and American Satan, that rock and roll satanic movie that we watched that was fairly disturbing, okay? He was in that. Now, guys, I'm going to move on to somebody else that's in this movie. Somebody who was in this movie that ended up on the cutting room floor, and that was one muscles from... The area of Brussels, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And guys, if you want to Google this, I would say the most succinct article is from The Hollywood Reporter. Check it out. With regards to Jean-Claude's involvement in this movie, Carrie, um, Lionheart's involvement. I just had to drop the Lionheart because I know you love, I love that's, Lionheart. That's your favorite Van Damme movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's really weird? We mentioned Lionheart, and then you brought up the Kumite earlier today. Yeah. Why did you bring up the Kumite? I know it's not from Lionheart, but it was in my head. My body's ready. My heart's on fire. Drinking this whiskey. I think our kids enjoyed that movie, though. Oh, they enjoy every Van Damme movie. They haven't seen Lionheart yet, though. Mm. Have they? You know what? They've seen a Lionheart. I played the uh, No Mercy song on YouTube yeah. for them. That's their exposure to Lionheart. <laughs> Daddy's working out to 80s action movies, soundtracks. Um, So let's go back to the time of 1987. I want to walk you back to Van Damme's involvement in Predator. There is a really cheesy movie called No Retreat, No Surrender, where he plays the villain. This is before anybody knew who Van Damme was. Okay, this is like 1985 or 86. Yeah, that makes sense. Google... Or go on YouTube, Carrie, and do the workout scene, No Retreat, No Surrender. It's 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 interesting, okay? Um, when the creators got together um, and created the Predator, it looked goofy as shit. 
Um, it's not, it was not the imposing mandible giant that we came to know and carry it. Look on the episode guide. I put a picture of the original predator suit. Oh my God. Okay. That um, looks like from the, like, like something back from like the fifties. Yeah. So yeah, the schlocky 50 sci-fi stuff. Yeah. But we're now in the eighties. So, you know, we should be able to do better than the fifties at that point. <laughs> yes. It's math. It's math, folks. There's a half a dozen or so conflicting accounts how exactly Van Damme was done with Predator. Okay, I'll bring it back even a little bit further. Van Damme was hired because of the way he moved. They they checked out, you know, no retreat, no surrender. He ran into the creators, okay, Um and I'm not going to name specific names. It's in the Hollywood Reporter article. Um, he was hired. He he had commented, I was hired because of how high I could jump. Then apparently Van Damme gets the production and he's given this rubber suit. And he was told that there would only be like basically some limited makeup and just a, some kind of attachments. Okay. Um, but he's given this big bulky rubber suit to put on which looks closer to like the xenomorph alien body. Okay. But with the insect head up top. Okay. His head was where the throat was. His arms was where the forearms were. And then they had fingers and such attached to cables. Guess what, Carrie? They're in the hundred degree heat. He couldn't breathe. And guess what? What he was hired for, he couldn't do in this rubber suit. He couldn't move around in the rubber suit. What the fuck, creators? <laughs> Apparently, um, he got so hot so many times he would pass out. And he was told that if he kept on me passing out, he was going to get fired. What the fuck? <laughs> so, like, put them in, in the they suit. They also knocked him because he was trying to add his kickboxing moves into it, which, okay, I've got to okay, agree I, with that one. Okay, I get one. that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to imagine the Predator doing, the kickboxing. doing kickboxing from the kickboxer movie, the Muay Thai. Um now, if you scroll down, Carrie, you'll see Jean-Claude Van Damme in the actual cheesy schlocky suit picture. Oh, my goodness. Look, see what I mean? How his head yeah. was in the throat. Okay. Uh, then there's a picture of Van Damme on set with Carl Weathers there. Okay. Oh. No, these are not fake. These are real. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, it, you know, it was probably the right move for Van Damme at the time because he was up and coming. His mm-hmm. career would have been dead if had he done that. It, it, it really would. I don't know. They wouldn't have seen his face. He could have just been like, "Yeah, I don't want to talk about that one." That's no. like Kevin Bacon for a while didn't want to talk about Friday the Thirteenth. Now, now he's going to be in the new T West X movie. Yeah, uh, Maxine. Um, horror is good business these days. It's not looked down on like it was forty years ago. That's a good thing. So, Carrie, let's move right along to fun moments. I'm going to start off by saying that um, the helicopter ride with the music. And the focus on Jesse Ventura's character, Blaine, and just the red lighting of that whole scene. And they're kind of goofing around. The one character's telling really terrible pussy jokes. (laughs) And and Blaine's sitting there with the chew trying to get everybody to try some chew. Almost like every time I see this scene, I want some Big Lee chew bubblegum. And I think I even remember as a kid pretending to be on Dutch's team. We would have the little squirt guns that looked like Uzis. And I would put in the big league chew. You look like a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Um, 
<laughs> something a five-year-old should not be running around saying. <sighs> things were so things different. Things were so different. Then. Things were so different. Oh predator, predator, wrestlers, and sexual jokes. Yeah. Time to go to school now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carrie, what was your favorite, one of your favorite fun moments in this movie? Uh, when they break into the camp and they loosen the vehicle and it rams into the camp and it explodes. It's just a fun moment. That and and like I mentioned earlier, he throws the knife at the one guy's like stick around. That whole scene where they're just supposed to be this like they're moving in quietly. And even Dutch's team's like, oh, they seem about to release like, the truck. They're, they're like, what, like, the, what fuck the fuck is he, is he doing? doing? Like he just, this is not him. This is not part of the plan, folks. This is this is our action hero Schwarzenegger taking things into his own hands. Um Carrie, favorite character not named Dutch. Okay, because you could speak an entire episode about yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger here. Yeah. Um, it, it's Billy. Um, and the fact that it, his character kind of sort of ties into the new one, actually, about the stories of the Predator. Yeah. The of ones his who, ancestors. Yeah. That, that is that is really cool how they tie that in. You picked up on that, and it plays into that new movie with, um, I, I can't remember her name, but uh, the Prey movie, which is that, really good. That was really good. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. I actually could go for watching that again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Mac. Um, and just for the sheer fact that he's so close with Ventura's character, Blaine, and he goes absolutely crazy. And I just love how he's sweating the entire time. And he's, he's got his little, it looks like a bit, one of those disposable Bic razors. He just keeps going down over his face. And it's almost like he doesn't want to feel the sweat on him. So he just almost like a, like a squeegee. He just uses that as like, get the sweat off me. Does he's not actually shaving. He's just like, it's almost like a, like a nervous thing or something. It, it's, it seems like it's a ritual. Yeah, it could be. It's something um, to like calm him down. One of these days you're going to see me at the kitchen table with my, I'm just going to be going like this with my razor. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, favorite deaths and effects, Carrie. Moving right along. See, we're doing this a little quicker than before. Favorite we're deaths. We're moving and grooving. Um, Max death. Oh, so my favorite character, that was your favorite death, he, huh? He thinks he's outsmarting the Predator. And he's in a rage after his friend Blaine gets blasted through the chest, which was pretty cool, too. Um, he just he gets it in the head, and it's just he's trapped, and he sees he sees it on his head, and he's just like, oh, you know, he yeah. realizes it, and he's just screwed. The three triangular laser pointed, and it's like once you see that, you're done. There's no yeah. outrunning that. This was. They had pretty different, interesting deaths in this movie. How they each character die was pretty much different. I mean, the Predator got to use his toys. Yeah, he did. And and to that point, you know, everybody focuses on like the laser or plasma blasts and the explosion at the end, the nuke that he uses. And by the way, if you read the comics, I did not, but I was researching this before we did this episode. They... Gary Busey's character from two mm-hmm. eventually catches up with Dutch's character and Dutch has radiation sickness in the comics sense. from that blast. So yeah, it is like so a new, freaking close. It is like a nuclear blast. He's like his character, Busey's character is like, what do you mean to tell me you don't know anything? You just survived something like it blew up the equivalent of 200 acres. You just survived a Hiroshima. Um, 
So I thought I'd throw that in there because that does confirm that that, that explosion was a nuclear explosion. I thought it was. Um, Dylan's death has got to be my favorite. And speaking of toys, his arm gets ripped off and then he's impaled. Okay. He's got the little ching, the two little Wolverine like things that come out. Um, I thought it was very satisfying just because he had tricked Dutch and his team into thinking that it was just a rescue mission. And here it was to take out the guys that took out the prior team. Yeah. It, well, it, it, he falsely. Like, I'm, not a, I'm not, we're not assassins the he, whole time. And Dylan tricked him. He falsely. He misrepresented. Yeah. He misrepresented what the mission was actually about. He got them there and knew that they would encounter and they would have no choice but to kill dudes. And he knew, he knew those gorillas wouldn't have been able to do what was done. And he was two birds with one stone. Poor Carl Weathers. Okay. He dies in almost all of his notable roles. Everyone. Yeah. Rocky. Yeah. Rocky. He dies here. He dies. Happy Gilmore. He dies. Okay. Um, Creed. The whole thing is based off of Carl Weathers being dead. <laughs> okay. That brings us to our DFM flamethrower rating. Carrie, I saw that you had given this a three out of five. Um, I rated this a little bit higher. I'm giving it a 3.5. So that brings us, guys, to an overall DFM rating of 3.25 out of five flamethrowers. Oh, okay. Mailwolf's ready to go. Let's listen to what Jake, the Midnight Traveler, has to say about Predator. Case and Carrie. Reading this letter will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Well, at least that's what I heard. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's me, Jake, the Midnight Traveler, and I'm back again to talk about more than a movie. More than an attitude. More than a lifestyle. More than most things that exist or have ever existed. Yes, the rumors are true. Yes, we dare to tackle this titan of reality. Yes, tonight we talk about Predator. The most well-known movie we've ever covered here at Dying for Midnight, for sure, at this point. It's almost impossible to really offer any insight that hasn't already been discussed, dissected, and debated over countless decades and across oceans of ink and megabytes. Well, because we're brave, because we're bold, and because, well, just fuck it, we are going to throw in our two cents as well. So here goes. More often than not, the most perfect beings are things that are simple in structure, Scientists have often stated that the strongest and most resilient creatures are the simple life forms that make up the building blocks of what we see around us. Much is the same for films. Predator is at its most basic structure, just a bunch of people in a jungle being stalked by a killer alien from outer space. Simple, right? Been done many times before in countless iterations, but man, I can't think of one that better hits the mark than this. The cast is damn near pitch perfect. Schwarzenegger, Weathers, Ventura, 
Duke, Landon, Chavez, along with two Pittsburgh boys in Black and Hall, just to name a few. Along with the stellar direction of John McTiernan and some of the best one-liners ever committed to paper. Insert your own favorite here. The hits just keep on coming, and man, does this one ever hold up. This was one of those movies my older siblings and relatives spoke about in hushed, revered tones. And when I finally got a chance to stay up late enough to see it, I buried myself into that couch in front of the TV like an Alabama tick with a big bowl of popcorn and nothing was going to shake me loose. As the years went by, this film stayed with me as I shared it with other family members and friends. Hell, unlike so many other films out there, this wasn't one that I had to introduce to people. Everyone saw this movie and pretty much loved it. It was kind of like the Beatles of movies amongst most of my generation. Even the genders didn't really separate us on this. Girls in my elementary school raved about it. It was, and is, just that good. I guess I still don't want to be that guy just yet. But the sands of time are shifting me in that direction ever so steadily, and I have to say that I am so grateful that I grew up in a mostly pre-CGI world. Practical effects still ruled the day, and there were some times where you could tell that the budget cut some serious corners in the effects department, but not here. Even now, a quarter of the way through the 21st century, these effects still hold up firmly. True, a little bit of CGI is woven into this, but it doesn't live and die on it like a lot of other movies that came after did. This had a great balance of old and new effects, and it performed beautifully. Some of you may ask, why the hell is a horror podcast covering this? That's a fair question. It is much more of an action-slash-sci-fi film than horror, for sure, and that's why a seven-year-old Jake probably felt safe enough to watch it then. But folks, this is as horror-adjacent as you can possibly get. You have people getting skinned, skulls collected, people stalked in one of the best monsters the screen has ever seen. Did someone else say crossover? I think they did. Here's another stunning example of a film that does just that. Throw it on at an action film fest and be the hit of the gathering. Put it on at a horror convention and watch all of the audience marvel at Stan Winston and Screaming Mad George's makeup and the epic kills the Predator racks up before the credits roll. Face it, this is probably one of your favorite movies if you've ever seen it, whether you want to admit it or not. There isn't much really to criticize here. It's too damn fun and enjoyable for what it is, and that is a truly beautiful thing. If you are one of the 154 people out there who haven't seen it, yes, I have counted, 
correct this mistake right away and make your life better by taking this one in. And while this movie does bleed, you still can't kill it. And it's epic legacy. As for me, I gotta go. The effects of this letter are kicking in, and I'd better go take care of this urge before things get uglier. If you can hear me over there in Hanover, just know that I am thoroughly enjoying myself. See you next midnight, Jake. Jake, couldn't agree with you more. Um, Whether it be action or sci-fi or horror-adjacent, the kills, kills will bring us together. <laughs> Just had to add that. In closing, guys, we're we're here at intermission. Um, join us for the next segment, horror, etc. We're going to talk about the Predator franchise. Um, again, you can find us on RSS. Take that link to any of your favorite platforms. We actually added a Linktree link to our Twitter account. You can check that out. That'll take you to um, Spotify. Amazon. That's where most people are listening to us. Um, it's got our socials on there. Uh, we're also on Facebook too. Um, probably a little bit more traffic going on with us on uh, Twitter and Insta. Um, yeah, guys, one last thing, Carl Casey, your synth wave. Awesome. That was our opening track alone in the dark. And, uh, I think next episode we're going to be switching it up. We switch up White Bat Audios music probably every about three to four episodes. Love you guys. See you soon for Horror Etc. Ciao. Your attention, please. All new Hotshot electric in-car heaters have been installed for your comfort and convenience. Just insert heater through car window and turn on the switch. When leaving, please turn switch off and replace on speaker post. Warning, high voltage. For your own safety, do not attempt to repair or remove wires. Do not attempt to open heater unit. If you need assistance, please notify the theater box office or concession manager. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. And while you relax and stretch, visit our concession where you'll find something to please you. There are ice cold drinks, delicious sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. Okay, everybody, we are back for Horror Etc., where we just got done talking about Predator. And now, Carrie, as you spill even more whiskey over the Chromebook that I bought you. <laughs> I did not spill. She's spilling me. Spilling me. She's spilling me and chilling me. Oh, geez. Hit the mic. It's getting cray cray hey, down here in the DFM vault. More Lafroig 10. You're welcome that I'm sharing my Mother's Day gift with you that you bought. <laughs> you really want to go into this? What you should be thankful for? We're going to throw down here. <laughs> We're going to fight each other and fight the Predator. It's going to be a Royal Rumble. And I'm going to fucking win. <laughs> Damn. Got a lot of F-bombs in this episode, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, guys, we are here to talk about the Predator franchise. Now, Carrie, I'm going to pull up some information on the sequel 
otherwise known as Predator 2. Why are you bouncing your head around like a maniac? <laughs> oh, my God. She just poured herself even more whiskey. Like, she poured hers, and then I was like, don't you dare pour mine before the episode starts. I need those sound effects from the pouring of the whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Um, Carrie. I've barely eaten dinner. In Predator so. 2, our motherfucking alien comes back, and, and now... He's in the alternate Los Angeles future. He's not the same alien, though. Okay. <laughs> right. Because that one blew up in a nuclear Guess blast. Guess who's back? Predator's back. Guess who's back? Back in Guess town. Guess who's back? Not really, because it's a new, 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 new predator. <laughs> new motherfucking predator. Jeez. And listen, regardless of who <laughs> the character, the particular predator is but it's the same guy playing the predator <sighs> okay yes the lovely kevin peter hall again rest in peace play the predator in the original play the predator in and predator 2 and he played harry from harry and the henderson so to me the dude deserves a star just for those two iconic things um predator 2 carrie maybe next season or in season three we'll we'll do predator 2 we'll give it mm. its just oh no don't you dare knock my predator too because it is a really trashy fun alternate los angeles these I, 90s I'd movies rather, i'd rather do the prey one the 90 you know you live in a good time the 1990s when you're creating a dystopian alternate future that's just supposed to be like five years from now yeah <laughs> It's not, it's not like that. It's not like the seventies and the eighties when they were like in the year 2075. It's like now five years from now, like things are good. Can you imagine if things were bad? They should have used the year 2023. I mean, back to the future was way off. Back to the future. 2015. Still way off. You know what? It would. Yeah. The fashion was way the off. The hoverboard. The, the was hoverboard. Just... The hoverboard was the closest thing yes. actually. It was, but it was still way off. Um, listen, anytime you've got the two leads as Danny Glover's Lieutenant Mike Harrigan and Gary Busey as Peter Keys, that character is the one I was telling you about and gets a lot of play in the comics and interacts with Dutch. Dutch actually ends up working. He gets hunted by the organization ran by Gary Busey's character, Peter Keys, and then he eventually does jobs for them. Okay, so he's like an undercover, think otherworldly something something. It's like Al O L O W L F Y is the name of the organization. So this movie is all about gang warfare, and the freaking predator blowing shit up on the rooftops and the alleyways and the sewers and Carrie and Predator Two. We actually get to be inside the Predator ship in Predator Two. Yeah. Okay, um, what's with Hollywood's obsession in the 1990s of using the year 1997? Is there a reason? Is there something visually um, or storytelling well, appealing about 1997? Because well, I'm gonna most so, notably, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna go back go, to go, I, please bring it up. I'm gonna use the ESP and look at you and see if you bring up this this movie 1997. Not, no, not the movie. I was just gonna say, print. I mean, Prince Harley Quinn. You know, no, I don't. No, I don't because so, I'm, I'm talking about 1997, Gary. I know. No, Jesus, <laughs> I, I love Prince, but 
why? Why are we talking about Prince? <laughs> because everybody would bring up a song. Then listen, don't hit the table <laughs> over it. I love Prince too. Um, a song or a future event in a movie, especially in the 80s, early 90s, very futuristic, which they were way off. But um, Let's Prince was probably the closest crazy. with his song. Let's go to 1997. <laughs> Where things are pretty bad. Um, they weren't bad in 97. No, listen, you're oh, missing the point. Oh, yeah. If you made an action sci-fi movie yeah. in the 90s, mm-hmm. you used a dystopian alternate future where 1997 is the year that is used and i don't know why they fixated on this year Mm. just let me finish my thought before you go on about prince and the kumite or whatever um no listen no don't don't you dare i'm going i'm i'm gonna get to my point here going to a jean-claude error yeah an error (laughs) not error jean-claude van damme can make no errors except not sticking with the predator although that wasn't his fault no are you gonna bring up time cop yes it was that was that set in 1997? Uh, the the uh, it's future where his child is born. It's the alternate future where he saves his child. Okay. And it is somewhere in the 90s. I'm not sure precisely. Holy shit! Time Cop came out in 1997. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but listen, Predator 2's timeline <laughs> is in an alternate 1997. Escape from New York is in 1997, uh, even though that was an 80s movie. Okay. 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 Hear me out now. Hear me out. Demolition Man, alternate 1997. Wait, wasn't Terminator? No, Terminator actually took place in 1984. Oh, are you saying Terminator 2? Yeah. The future version. Google yeah. the shit out of that. <laughs> um,. Oh my God, Carrie. Thank you. You are a godsend. Okay. Yes. Judgment Day happens August 29th, 1997. I thought so. What the fuck is up with 1997 in the 90s storytelling? (laughs) Why is that? Oh my God. This was a theme. Is Kyle Reese going to come back now? I feel like we're in some kind of time paradox where 1997 is a thing. And now that I've said it so many times... Either him or Emmett Brown are going to come back for me. <laughs> Why is 1997 so important in 90s storytelling? I don't know. I, it is a thing. We could do a did, whole did episode. Did all these on... executives get together and decide that 1997 was going to be a dystopian year? Like, is there something with like the START treaty with Russia and it was going to run out in 1997? I don't know. I don't know. But there is a dystopian 1997. Where you need to do? A whole episode. 1997. 1997 alternate dystopian futures yes. in movies. Yes. What about that? Oh, God. We're going to go down a rabbit hole now. <laughs> okay, know, but wait a second. It. We're supposed to... No, what was that one with... Um, There's a lot... I guarantee you there's a Charlton Heston movie where 1997 is the alternate future. Like Solient Green or Solvent Green. Was it called? Solient. Um, um, Solient Green. Yes. Um... Soylent green. Soil. Soil, like the soil, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So that that is an ecological dystopian thriller film, okay? 
Aha. However, this is probably the most accurate. Their plot included an alternate 2022. Oh. Okay. Okay. Overpopulation and pollution (laughs) (laughs) has caused severe worldwide shortages of food, water, and housing. Ah. Hmm. hmm. No comment. I'm going to let that one sit and speak for itself. I'm going to let that one settle in and you can think about that. Um, Yeah. I mean. I'm a big conspiracy theorist. (laughs) Listen. There is a conspiracy of 1997 in movies, Carrie. We've discovered it. Oh no! Um, I'm I'm sorry, folks. I'm just being real with you. I'm googling movies with I, alternate. I swear, I swear that all the executives from all these movies just got together and said, "Let's just fuck with people and just name 1997 as the dystopian year." You know what doesn't have a have an alternate 1997, but was made in 1997, Carrie? What? Gattaca. Okay. I love Gattaca. Okay. Um, Wouldn't have Maya Hawk without Gattaca. <laughs> Damn. I'm no, just we... putting it out there. No, you wouldn't. Um, yeah. I love. By it's the way, fat. by the way, Jake the Midnight Traveler, upon my suggestion for a change, just watched Daybreakers for the very first I time. I love Daybreakers. And he absolutely, he thought it was very good. I love it. So, um, can we have a vampire month the next year? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't no, think that's going to happen. On. I took it up to the executives and they'd rather talk about an alter 1997. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and there it is. Vampire vampires. 1997. <laughs> the place dystopian LA 1997. <laughs> well, no, well, no, see if we were using the nineties rules today, it would have to be like 2028. <laughs> that would be five years from now is when things are really going to go to shit. Okay. Or actually today it would be the opposite. Look how wonderful 2028 is. It's going to be the opposite. Yeah, it's going to be glorious and we're going to be. So, yeah. so Carrie, Never mind. What, are you, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts about Predator 2? Because I know it's not in your childhood. It's not going to be as significant as the original Predator. No, I, I actually prefer, for me, I actually prefer the Alien versus Predator. Okay. I, I love the, the mix-up, the smash-up of that one. I love that it's, you get to see, well, first of all, I love the Alien movies. How about, so, right, yes. Uh, so, I love Predator 2. It's not the same type of movie whatsoever as the original Predator I just love that it knew what it was and it didn't take itself seriously. Yeah. Alien versus Predator. People didn't, a lot of people didn't like that first one. I loved it. Okay. It like doubled its budget. It did pretty good. I remember the hype. They had the Alien versus Predator comics and people were like, oh my God, they're going to have the Xenomorphs and the Predator in the same movie. Like, and then I loved that they used the Whalen Company yes. from Alien yes. in the Predator there movie. There were so many nods. And Lance Henriksen played yes. Wayland. Yes. Okay. And I love Wayland Enterprise. And it got me thinking. And the what, guide, the guide was awesome. What about, yeah, what about the, what was it, Bishop? Mm-hmm. Was the android in, the, in yes, Aliens? Yes, in Aliens, yes. Okay. In in aliens, let's put it that way, just aliens. Yes, not Mr. Crazy from the original. Uh, no, 
bishop was like, no, there's no possible way I can hurt you. I'm programmed to not be able to hurt humans or whatever he said. And in the end, bishop saves. Yeah, it was like the exact flip of the... Because uh... she was going to go out in space. <laughs> and he saved her. Yeah, space is there. It's an aliens movie. Well, no, I mean... He what, was... is she going to get a pirate boat? Like the mothers? <laughs> She's looking at me like, will you stop? You're not going anywhere significant with these thoughts. You know what? He was able to close the hatch in time for her not to fly out. So he really did fucking save her. Lance Henriksen's the fucking man. I love him in Near Dark. I love Lance Henriksen in anything. It could be Lance Henriksen, like, basically sitting there farting. I would sit and watch him. I think we need to play his voice. What do you mean? At nighttime. Oh, I does think... Lance Henriksen, like, does he do audiobooks? Because if he does, we need to look into that. Yeah. And Lance Henriksen, if you haven't, why not? <laughs> Come on, Lance Henriksen. Do it. Do you remember playing the old Republic Star Wars game? Yeah. So I was leading, so sorely disappointed when leading, we had to cancel. Leading up to it, he read, part of the marketing was he was a Jedi that read, like, a Jedi archives. He was a voiceover for the marketing for that game. I didn't get that far. No, no, no. This was just the marketing before the game oh. really came out. Yeah, he's like, can you imagine him reading about like Revan? Mm, I love yeah. Revan. I love like. Can we have a movie about Revan? We need an old Republic movie. I so want anyways. it. I want it. Sorry. <laughs> I want it all, <laughs> and I want Revan now. Um, yeah, a lot of people bashed Alien versus Predator, but I freaking loved that movie. I did too. Um, I, I think I like Alien, the Alien franchise, more than you. I think I really do, especially when you have all those prequels and and stuff. I, I definitely love those movies more than you. Like you get sick of watching them over and over again, whereas I, if I see it, I have to watch it. No, I will watch Alien and Aliens. But you don't. You didn't really care for Prometheus. Oh, listen, I've got strong. It's the feelings. Alien universe. Come on. She's the mother. Listen. Listen. She's the mother. Yeah, I know. I get it. It's just... How fucking cool is that? That she yeah. gave birth to it. Come on. No, you're you're right. I, I get it. But we're in this... We're in this time of like... Uh, okay, remakes have pretty much died off. But we were in the thick of like... Every single fucking movie was over-explaining everything like i didn't get that, like though. it's like we need another movie to explain the entire backstory about how the architects got here now i will tell you i got a lot more of her giving birth than i did the actual architects in that movie well i'm not talking about the architects in the movie i'm talking about her her performance sold that movie okay. think about it all right yeah i enjoyed it I'm, plus and look, you got to see the ship that was so fucking cool that they got, they lit up with that little like thing that mapped it yeah okay i mean come on i liked it i didn't love it like you did I, i'm sorry it's a, it's it's the same what reason the, okay why listen, i love the abyss listen aliens fan what was the next one that i knew you loved prometheus you liked it so much that i took you to see the next one with danny mcbride that was fun yeah it was there it was fun, <laughs> it was fun. um was it, was it my favorite no i will watch alien versus predator 
over that one. I, I put Alien versus Predator and Prometheus on the same. Prometheus is definitely better storytelling. Killing. Isn't that special? Um, I just loved how in Alien versus Predator, you've got the underground pyramid and you saw mm-hmm. the history of the predators fighting off the xenomorphs and you thousands got, of years ago. And you got to find out that they were back in ancient times. Mm-hmm. That that the history they've been coming to our land okay. from way long ago. You want to know what else Alien Predator did, right? This is the first time, okay, that we get to see multiple predators in action. Yep. Yes, in Predator Two, we get to meet some of the other predators on the ship and whatnot. They're just instructing. They're though. just there. Okay, they're talking. It's dialogue. But we get to see Chopper, Celtic, and Elder, um, who are kind of like the leaders at the end of the film, there and in action versus the face huggers. So, yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. In Aliens vs. Predators, they acknowledge that the tour guide, that they respect her. Hmm. They respected her. And they You're right. Her. It's the same thing like with Dutch. Yeah. Now, okay. But only this point, they spared her. So did um, did Sana? Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I hit the mic. Did Sana Lathan's character Alexa, the guide? Um, you know, I knew her whole thing was like she was used to high altitude mm-hmm. and cold environments. Mm-hmm. Um, did. My question to the comic book fans out there, did at any point, did she cross paths with Dutch? Okay, that's a question I have. And by the way, Carrie, you can go online. One of the Aliens, excuse me, Predator video games, you can listen. Arnold Schwarzenegger did a voiceover as Dutch as tape recordings. And the, the tapes start off right at 1987 after the events of the original. You should listen to them. There's like 20 minutes worth of Dutch Schwarzenegger recording it in, char- in character about how he went back to South America and wanted to find out more about the uh, predator species. I think that's common since it took out his entire team. But let's face it, his entire team was like the equivalent of like the Navy SEAL. I mean. Yeah, I think they were like Delta Force or yeah. something. But then I read other places like where they just like referred to him and his team as mercenaries. So, which I didn't get the sense because he's like, we're not hitmen. We're so not how are they mercenaries? They're not mercenaries. They're a rescue team. He I mean, look, flat out said they're a rescue team. Like, I could get if he would say, like, we're bounty hunters. Then I would be like, okay, that makes more sense. But mercenary, like, okay, you're black ops. You're hired by the CIA. And he even says at one time, like, this reminds me of Berlin. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, well, I guess you could still be black ops and mercenary or whatever, but... It did make it seem like it was more Delta Force. Yeah, or they were former Delta Force operatives. Yeah, and and now they're just contractors, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well. But he specifically says that there's a line that we won't cross, which is we're not assassins. They're they're good mercenaries. They're good mercenaries, yeah. Okay, good mercs. They're going to save people. That's what they do. they're good mercs. Yeah, they're the good mercs. Yeah. Um, So my one thing that I'm going to talk about in terms of Alien versus Predator Requiem. 
my highlight of that entire film is that everything goes to shit at the end of that movie and there's a big freaking explosion just like in the original Predator. See, I think I've blocked that movie out. And I know, well, I've, seen, I know I've, I've seen it. I pretty much blocked it out too and that's all I really have to say about Requiem um, or Red Cream or whatever the hell you said earlier. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Carrie, let's talk about the Prey movie because I think that garners a little bit of attention that here today. That was awesome and i know we've only seen it once i would like to go back and watch it again and i know we watched it as soon as it came out and i just love that the indigenous people were represented in this movie that was and the the fact that the lead character was a woman yeah that was she was the heroine um yeah and she was telling them listen you gotta listen to me and nobody was fucking listening to her Amber Midthunder as Naru, Dakota Beavers, Dane Deligro as the Predator, okay, um, Michelle Thrush as Aruka, Harlan Blaine Kichwaitat, and I'm sure, buddy, uh, I'm sorry I butchered your name, as um, Itzy, Stephanie Mathias as Sumu, uh, Bennett Taylor as Raphael Andalini, okay, um, this movie came out on Hulu and I thought yeah. that this was so freaking cool. I'm like, what world am I in that a new predator movie comes out on stream? I know. I think we watched it the very first weekend that it came out. I don't think we watched the first night because we, we were working and stuff like that. But I think when the weekend came around Friday night, I, I believe that we watched, we put the kids to bed and then we watched it. So <clears throat> what I will say, what was, what was like odd to me and stood out i've never had a movie since predator that did what prey did which was put you in the wilderness in a sprawling wilderness yeah yet it still felt contained yeah you still felt surrounded you still felt like anything could happen out of any tree shrub well it was the the original hunt the original hunt. Yes. When you think about we it. We were down to the basics again with Prey. And by the way, Dan Trachtenberg, do you want to know what else he directed? Another containment movie, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which we really enjoyed. Yeah. Even the kids really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. So you guys, I- again, I'm sure... Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, I can't wait to the see. The prequel. Oh, guys. Hey, I was talking with Jake, I don't know, maybe in the past couple of weeks about the Thing prequel. I think it gets um, undeservedly kind of shot down and people are like, oh, look at that CGI. I hey, loved it. Hey, you know what, guys? They tried doing the straight up effects and they had them gloss over it with CGI. It's not the special effects fault. It's the CGI people's fault, but not the, yeah. the, the special. If they would have stayed with special, um, excuse true, me, true with, with the, true, the, yeah, the true practical effects, it would have been amazing. But um, they wanted to. What wasn't there some kind of like budget thing going on or something? I don't know. All I know is that the effects guys were pretty pissed because they were like they glossed over it. They spent with, so much time on mm-hmm. it. Yep. Oh, and there's some awesome articles with some really gnarly images of the original special yeah. effects. Um, yeah, Prey, I enjoyed it. Prey. I like how Prey alluded to the different the predators throughout the timeline. Um, you know, we've got these Great Plains tribes in the early 1600s. You know, this is like a Comanche tribe. Mm-hmm. 
which is guys, if you know anything about Comanche tribes, and I'm not going to pretend to be an a indigenous expert. I, I don't know. But I love the spirit of the um, buffalo yeah. in this movie. Um, you know, we've got a lot of commentary on the French fur traders yeah. who are destroying the buffalo yeah. in this movie that they rely on to survive. Yeah. Um, and that they would actually travel with the buffalo. They would migrate with the buffalo to survive. Yeah. Um, how about, like, I love the anger that our main character feels whenever she finds the buffalo skinned alive. Um, and then I love every, the fact that there's a grizzly used. bear attack in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it touches all aspects of growing up back in those times. I think the, all the dangers and back in your day, Carrie. <laughs> listen, we don't know. Maybe it was in my past back in my day. Oh my gosh. You don't know. So I'm going to wrap up this discussion, Carrie, with <laughs> just like, okay, I'm moving right along. You just gloss over back. Hey, listen, guys, the end credits of Prey. <laughs> I'm just going to keep glossing over it. The film's narrative, okay, we've got that series of paintings Yeah. at the end. Um, there's like... Stuff that happens in the paintings that you don't see in the film, like it's got Naru, Sari, and the other Comanche looking up the sky, um, and there's Predator spaceships in the in the paintings coming down yeah. at them. So something else happens after the end of this movie. Okay, and I love. I, th I think we can kind of speculate, but I'm not going to speculate. Yeah, and and things happen in history with predators before this movie. Like this is not the first time the predators have come to Earth. Yeah. Like I, w dude, I want to see like okay. I want to see an Egyptian <laughs> predator movie. Gonna, I was just gonna say Roman, so that's cool that you said Egyptian. Well, um, I mean, you think about it. I mean, yeah, Cleopatra and Mark Anthony versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, let's do it. Let's do a combined Roman Egyptian. Yeah. I, I want to see the real aliens versus cowboys. I I, I don't uh, no. the one with Daniel Craig. No, 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 no. I want to see a western. With these guys, oh, I want to see, I want to see a World War II predator movie. No, overdone. No. Overdone. Uh, no, no, because let let's face it, World War II was so brutal, perfect, and so maniacal, perfect, <laughs> that we didn't need fucking aliens to come into the mix. Let's face it. What if they like discovered the the predator technology and that's how they got the A bomb in this alternate nineteen forty five? No, <laughs> Carrie's not sold. I think if this if this was a medium, I'm selling this predator movie. I wouldn't have gotten my. You, you would be shot I down. Get my funding. <laughs> you would be shot down. And be like, no, sorry. Okay, I've got one more. I'm gonna throw out there to you. All right, I'm open. Not that I'm going to fund anything, <laughs> but I'm open. This is like the the fictitious pitch meeting. And it's like nothing's really coming I, to this. We're I just don't got anything to fund. We're just fanboying for a moment. Um, hey. Hey. Listen, don't hey, get me off track. Not fanboy. Come on. Let, let's get technical. Okay, fangirl. So American Graffiti meets Predator. 
1960s, Hot Rods, Predator. Come on now. Mm. It's graduation weekend. You think it's just going to be your typical racing movie. We've got some people that are about to be shipped off to Vietnam. You want Opie in that? They're small. They're small. Shut up. There's a small, the small town, 1960s Americana interrupted by the Predator. I'm telling you. I mean, listen. Rebel Without a Cause meets Predator. Okay. I can get more on board with that one. Okay. I mean, we're not going to have James Dean, but you know. You're going to have Jimmy Dean sausage. (laughs) I don't know why I just said that. What the fuck? This one's really getting off the rail now, folks. Rain it in. Okay. You have you listen. Purple you rain. Had... <laughs> Bring it back to Prince. Listen, you had the fact that you had a little bit of that mixed with signs. A little bit of what? <laughs> the alien versus people. You know. <laughs> Come on, you had that in signs, okay? I'm gonna spit out my whiskey. Aliens, <laughs> you. aliens versus people. Well, no shit. <laughs> oh. Guess what? You're not getting any funding for aliens versus people. No, you but need to storyboard this alien- out a little more. <laughs> aliens versus kid, we got funded. What? What? Say that again. Aliens versus kids got funded. Oh, oh, well, that's true. I thought you were about to say aliens versus a kindergarten cop, <laughs> which technically already happened. Oh no, you don't want the whiskey going up through your nose. Oh, did it? Did it seriously go up your nose? No, it went to my throat though. Burn. Burn. <laughs> okay, guys. Carrie, mm. any other thoughts on the Predator franchise other than they're versus people? <laughs> It's so profound. <laughs> Listen, it's late at night. I'm tired. I'm right. getting delirious. I haven't eaten dinner. Well, what do you want? I, I want to be done <laughs> talking to you about aliens versus people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never. That's going to be the next movie. It's going to be the sequel to Aliens versus Kids. Mm. Aliens versus Kids are people too, Carrie. <laughs> Love you guys. That does it for episode 15. (laughs) Carrie, next week, we're doing a little cave therapy. Before I move on to that, guys, check out our Twitter and our Instagram because there is a a little cue I took from Arnold Schwarzenegger and I did a little bud masking. Thank you, Carrie, very much. Um, Yeah, we're talking next week. Cave therapy, Carrie. Think, think. The Descent. I love episode the sixteen. This is this is this is one of my dweller, favorites. Cave dweller poop. This is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> the Descent, which doesn't get talked about enough, kind it of doesn't. faded. Kind of, not too many people talk about. And the I Descent. actually enjoy the sequel too. Yeah, I do. It's okay, I do. we'll talk about the the Descent part two another time. Love you guys. Take it easy. Peace out. Have a good night.